Hi, my name is Luigi, and you are listening to Make It Matter. Oh, social media. Can live with it, can live without it. As many of you might know, this podcast is being produced by and from a social media agency called DMM. So we thought it would be a good idea to devote an entire episode to talking about social media in general. I get to sit down and interview some of my colleagues here about their own personal social media habits, but also their professional social media habits um, and what they think about the future of this industry, again, both professionally and personally. Have a listen and please enjoy. Uh, so why don't each of you just start talking about who you are, what team you work on, um, and and what brought you to this company? Uh, I'm Nathan Hostetter. This is actually my first marketing gig. Is it? Uh, it is. Uh, I was a uh, go-to-college late person, so I moved here from Kansas City about 10 years ago. Played music, had a day job to pay the bills, that kind of thing, and had an itch to go back and finish college two years ago, something like that. Mm. Um, I wanted to get into marketing and advertising. And initially it wasn't necessarily social. It was more interested in like how brands interacted with people in general. And then uh, through a couple mutual connections, um, got my first start here. Cool. Very recently. And why why go back into marketing? It's just always fascinating to me. I mean, uh, there's interaction between uh, regular consumers and brands in general uh, and what makes people tick and buy and interact and like has always been interesting to me and I thought this would be a great way to really get into the, the heart of that because social is everything now in terms of communication and marketing. Cool. Well, welcome. Thank you. Next. Yeah, I'm Terry Mulcahy. Um, I'm on the theatrical team here. I'm a social media manager. Um, I guess uh, through my career, I was sort of social and marketing adjacent. Um, I started in England. I was an entertainment journalist there, wow. uh, reviewed movies, um, ended up moving to the US to get a master's in journalism, um, where I thought I wanted to go into political journalism. I did that for a little while, realized that uh, although it had its moments, it probably wasn't for me. Um, I, I was doing that during the 2016 elections. Wow. So that was um, a very fraught time to be doing that. Um, but I realized that I really wanted to get back into entertainment. So my husband and I moved out to LA and um, I was able to use the training I already had in social media from the journalism side mm -hmm. to sort of parlay that into marketing, which actually I enjoy a lot more. Any any connections between the entertainment world and the political world? So many. Really? <laughs> they are much more similar than I think people might think, Ooh, um, which is tell. not always a good thing. Like maybe um, <laughs> one thing that you think is similar. Uh, the big personalities, you kind of both on both sides, uh, both the on the client side and the you know our side. Mm -hmm. You have to get used to um, people uh, have a lot to say and a lot to tell the world, and you have to get used to sort of uh, speaking up for yourself as well, mm -hmm. which um, is an interesting skill to learn. Right, and and I, I would say then in the political climate, you kind of have to speak up for yourself, absolutely, the, like the most these Absolutely, days, yeah, right? for sure. 
I'm Tiffany Yamashita, and I am on the theatrical team as well. I am a social media manager working with paid media, but also jumping into organic most recently. And um, how I started with social media, if I could think way back to it, I was an avid AOL user. Mm. So I guess when I was a lot younger, I was more bold to just be very present online. Mm. And I was a super fan of Spice Girls at the time. Mm -hmm. So I created my own newsletters and emails and was just not afraid to interact with people online at that time. Was it mostly other fans of the Spice Girls? Other fans. So I would join other fan pages and get them to really join mine, even if it was really small. And... um, from there, I think that just sparked my overall attachment to like the online community. And yeah, I think I really just enjoyed social media in terms of connecting with audiences. Mm. I originally started on the brand side, so I have a lot of experience in cosmetics. Mm. Um, but entertainment has always been somewhere I really wanted to learn more about and um, have my career. Mm. Um, so I guess I want to talk about social media because I'm always curious about where people in general stand with it. And in fact, it's oftentimes like, a you know, I'll go get my haircut and it was a, like, I'll quiz the person like, like, so what's your relationship to social media? You know, and, and I think interestingly enough, it feels like it's changing from year to year with, with everyone. Now we obviously work in the industry, so we have to be on social media. But talk to me about the platforms you guys use, how often you're using them. And, and, and I guess maybe, maybe I'll start with if, like, which platform is your n- number one platform of choice right now? All right. Well, for me, I think uh, Instagram is probably the one I'm on the most. I feel like it's the easiest one to use. And unfortunately, if you are just having a little mindless moment and you want to scroll through something, that's definitely the one you can just do real quick. Um, I do think it's easy for people to fall into little mental traps with those where you get caught up in either chasing likes or chasing things that other people have or post and sort of it can be easy to feel bad about your own things when you when you go into that but I think people need to have a healthy relationship with that and not necessarily be on it all the time and find things in life that actually make you happy as opposed to things on your accounts that make you happy mm. but yeah Instagram's the one I'm on the most Twitter if I want to like make fun of things late at night when I'm watching television mm-hmm. yeah Facebook um, I think my Facebook usage has declined for the last year or two uh, I find most of the people I interact with don't necessarily use it as much anymore and I, I don't I communicate with a lot of people back home uh, from where I'm from on that mm-hmm. um, that's about it though Snapchat uh, I have a Snapchat group with my two brothers and seven cousins. And the, that's it. That's basically all we use Snapchat for is just because we're all in different parts of the country now. So it's fun to just video chat all the time. All right. Am I missing any of them? I don't think so. Not really, Pinterest. Right? Pinterest. Not really on Pinterest. Okay. So I used Pinterest uh, when I would do like a, a photo shoot for like an engagement or something. I'd be like, cool. Send me a Pinterest board of uh, some ideas you guys have. Yeah. And yeah. We'll sort of work on a concept or something from that. Yeah. Literally a board. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Terry, how about you? Uh, yeah, pr- probably some of the same opinions. Uh, definitely on Instagram, the most myself. Um, I'm not someone who likes to really share a lot of uh, deep insights about my life, I don't think. Um, but I, I use Instagram stories more, like mm. just quick snapshots of just the silly stuff I'm doing day to day just to share with my friends. That's kind of 
the thing I enjoy the most on Instagram. And you're absolutely right that it's the best platform to just scroll, just to, you know, see pretty things, check out what other people are posting. Um, I definitely enjoy that. Um, Twitter for news. I don't tend to post on Twitter very often, but I definitely scroll that uh, quite a few times daily just to sort of see news items and the influences that I'm following, the kind of things that they're into in the, the entertainment space, especially. I think that it's good for that. Not really a big Facebook user. I obviously am on Facebook. It's something that I think is still a little bit more popular back home in England. All of my family are on that. So mm-hmm. we occasionally communicate there. Um, but yeah, not not a big personal user of that. Um, I use Twitch. Um, I'm a big mm. fan of uh, some of the st- streamers on there. I, I'm a big nerd and I like D&D and I watch some streamed Dungeons and Dragons shows on there. <laughs> but again, I, I, I don't stream on there. YouTube as well would probably be more of a uh, video search engine for me. And I've never really found Pinterest uh, sort of something that's been... Uh, useful for me personally. We use it a little professionally, but mm-hmm. I've never um, never had the patience for it personally. To look through yeah. and really <laughs> curate your boards. Exactly. Um, how often would you say you're posting to to Instagram? Um, to the outside f- from stories. Outside from stories, to the feed pretty rarely. Like um, once a month? It has to be a really good shot. I have to feel like, probably once a month, yeah. I okay. have to feel like it's like, this is really beautiful. People will enjoy this. So, um, but stories probably once or twice a day, just something silly. Got Office it. dogs. Tiffany? Um, like everyone else, Instagram <laughs> is definitely my number, number one. one platform. I enjoy stories and also I do enjoy curating my own feed in that sense, just because I visually like things that look very aesthetic. So it takes me a while to kind of curate that for my own purposes, even if it's just sharing to friends, because that's what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the other platforms, Twitter, I enjoy looking at the trending hashtags just to see what type of things people on Twitter are talking about, even if I'm not adding to those conversations. I mm. think those are interesting. Kind of like your news. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of like my news. Yeah. Um, and Pinterest, definitely for if I wanted more home ideas, Those are that's a great way to kind of curate your own little boards. A lot of inspirational quotes in that sense. Um, for Snapchat, I only have really four friends that I have on there, but I still use it daily just because we're all at, in different parts of the world too. So it's kind of more intimate and it's fun to use those filters, seeing what types of brands are doing these sponsored filters because those are always interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Facebook, I don't use it as much, but I still find myself scrolling through it, just seeing videos that are being shared, viral things and just seeing what people are up to. So where is it all headed? Um, this is what we spend the next part talking about, and it's it's pretty fascinating. Uh, we discuss things like, is the future of social media private? You know, Mark Zuckerberg has recently said that this is where he thinks all of social media is headed, between sort of private conversations Uh, between you and friends. We also talk about Instagram's recent decision to remove the like feature from Instagram posts within certain countries. Please enjoy. Enjoy. 
I guess I want to talk a little bit about the platform specifically, maybe what's going on with them, your viewpoint on, you know, what what you think about them professionally and, and, and personally. I guess let's start with Snapchat. You know, we often get asked on the entertainment, well, on the on the talent side, on the client side, like, should we have a presence on that platform? Why? And I would just love to get your guys' take on what you think about the platform, the, you know, the long-term prospects for it, um, things you think it, it, it sort of serves a purpose for, and, and yeah, where you see it going. I'd probably say I'm a little greener on Snapchat than some of the other ones, but I do like its ability for like these little short, um, I'm trying to think of an example now, we're, we're like... Taco Bell can find an influencer and do a little short campaign that reaches a huge audience because Snapchat's, I mean, some of those influencers have pretty good audiences that aren't tapped into that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like Taco Bell did a good one and I can't remember what it is now, but um, yeah, their ability, the Snapchat's ability to le- le- or brand's abilities to leverage influencers on Snapchat is like a different market than we do here, I think. Mm-hmm. I think what it feels like it is, 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 is audience related, right? If you want to reach a Gen Z audience, which is mostly the, yeah. the ones using the platform, it seems like a way to do that on that platform is to work with influencers mm-hmm. on that platform. Yeah. I, I was, I was really into Snapchat when, um, it first came, came, came around. Um, and I feel like maybe Instagram, kind of did what Snapchat initially set out to do, but with a little more polish. And I think that's maybe why Instagram stories took off the way it did. It's it's maybe has a perception of being a bit classier, a little bit more oriented around aesthetics. But I will say Snapchat allows you to do some pretty cool creative stuff. Um, you know, you can, you can use the filters that are on there, which are often pretty cool and use some AR stuff in some really fun ways. And uh, it allows people in our profession and, and others to design uh, bespoke filters that can make a live event seem a little bit more fun, a little bit more, you can know, just sort of have fun with your fans really, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. Do you think Instagram just kind of like stopped its growth i think so um i think we might be at a place where uh we might see them duke it out again potentially snapchat's certainly trying to innovate with what they're allowing you to do um but yes that that's what it seems like to me anyway that's what happened or do we think like if if the gen z audience is using it now are they just gonna grow up with it or are they going to go, okay, well now it's, now it's time to go to Instagram. Cause that's where, you know, those people are. Maybe, maybe, I, I guess time will tell. Yeah. Um, it certainly seems like, uh, from my professional use of it, Instagram is, uh, more popular and definitely it's where people t- seem to be, but I guess Snapchat's not really geared that way. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to see who's following who and, uh, sort of, uh, what they're posting. It's, it's meant to be more personal I and private and private. Yeah. Yeah. Tiffany, what do you think? I think it would. it's definitely a challenge to tap into that Gen Z, even on Snapchat, because it is so private. But I think with Snapchat, their filters are their strongest point, because even on Instagram, you can see influencers using those same filters, and they just save the video and then post it on Instagram. I mean, I think I read recently <laughs> that that filter that it created, that sort of aging filter. Oh, yeah it like it it increased app usage hugely in the last quarter 
Um, so people downloaded it just to be able to use that filter and then posted their content on Instagram um, with clearly no credit to uh, to Snapchat. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this audience. I think they're they're going to be the ones to determine that. Although I think one of the one of the things even Mark Zuckerberg said recently is that he thinks the future of social is private. And I think it might be also because if that's what this audience is used to, then I don't I I think that they're like they're going to kind of dictate what the future behavior is. Interestingly enough, I have nieces and and nephews who are sort of in that Gen Z world right now and they are on Instagram. It's it's all about private usage on it. Um, if you go to their feed, they probably have two pictures on it. They post sometimes on feed and then go into, and hide it. So it's it's a very private behavior. It's not like, hey, I'm you know I'm trying to get attention. Here's all the here's all the photos I have. It's really about them and their social circles. And and so I think they're taking that behavior to Instagram, interestingly enough. So either the other social platforms are going to start to focus a lot more on private and personal conversations, which they have, or people are going to continue to use Snapchat as as the way to have that relationship with people. What about Facebook? Um, I mean... I'll be honest, whenever I, I've, I've been in meetings in the past and, and people have asked me, especially from a celebrity standpoint, like, should I join Facebook? And I, I, my number one answer would be like, of course, you know, it's, it's where 2 billion people across the world connect to. And so if this is really a numbers game for you, then go and swim in the pool that has the largest amount of people in it, you know? And, you know, the data that they've always had and, and the analytics and the, and the connection to, you know, their audience has always, has always been great. Um, but it's changing. You know, now these days, even when people ask me, they said, oh, should I, should I create a Facebook page? I'm like, no, not really, you know. So how do you guys see it evolving? Where do you see it fitting within your, your professional lives and, and personal lives? I still find use for pages like, you know, I, I set up personal business or artist pages for myself or for friends and colleagues or whatever that they do pretty well. You're right. The analytics are great. Um, everybody's still on it, even if they don't use it that much anymore. People are still seeing your things. But from a personal use, just my own personal Facebook page and scrolling through feeds and things, it's kind of got dumpster fire vibes sometimes you know there's just so much nonsense to scroll through and people arguing about politics or people posting odd videos i mean i, I don't know i don't find a ton of personal use in it but i do like the pages a lot um, i don't really know where it could evolve from a pages standpoint i i think it needs to be a little more private from a personal page standpoint though mm. uh, that trend of privacy i think would be would be great I agree. It feels like Facebook, the way it started out, it's it tried to be so many things, and they literally were so many things. They acquired so many different properties that uh, scaling it back to be more private and more focused, like the other platforms at least have tried to be, would probably be a huge task. 
Um, and I agree, scrolling through the feed, I don't tend to find things that delight me. Yeah. I tend to find things that disturb me or just uh, I wonder where it can there. distract me. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, I do like that they have uh, put some thought into Facebook stories, mm. um, although it does seem to mainly be just catching up with Instagram stories. Yeah. It's nice that you can at least, uh, you can cross post and if you want to, you can curate things in Facebook stories, which is is great. And I think that's content that people are looking for. I'm just not sure. It's such a behemoth that I don't think that, I think it would take a long time for people's perceptions of what Facebook yeah. is and what it's for to turn around. Um, for Facebook, I just recently kind of had this revelation about it, but I enjoy groups on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, with the project that I'm currently working on in theatricals, we created a Facebook. So it's interesting to see what type of people are joining that Facebook, what type of content they're posting. And I think that's Facebook's way of bringing more community to the platform. Even if it's not your personal space, it's just with a within a community or a fan base, which yeah. I think is really interesting. Um, but as a personal use, I agree with everyone in terms of the types of content that lands in your feed is sometimes questionable because I'm wondering why am I seeing this post in comparison to someone that I actually want to know about. Mm -hmm. But I guess that goes back to if I want to unfollow these people, then I probably won't see these posts. Right. Um, so I think it's also just a big thing that's kind of maybe overwhelming for people that started with Facebook at the very beginning and now trying to navigate what it is now. Um, it's, it's a little bit tough. So I think Facebook is kind of going more under the radar in that mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think groups are, are certainly a feature on it that I feel like you can't get anywhere else, right? You can't, like, f maybe you can follow a hashtag on, on Twitter, but even then it's just like anyone can contribute and it's good and bad and 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 it's, uh, and it's certainly not something you can do on Instagram. One of the things I found useful in it recently, like I, I was I was going to jury duty a couple of weeks ago and before I went, I just kind of asked a question saying, hey, is it, you know, give me tips. I'm going to be there all day. Like, what do I do? What's the experience like? And I got 30 responses from people and really good tips and really good advice. And I was just like, well, I, I can't do this on Instagram. I mean, granted, I think I could post a picture of the courthouse and go, hey, I'm here. And what can I do? And sure. But it's not necessarily a, a behavior of mine, especially, right? I'm, I'm more about the, the creativity I put out on that platform versus like just using it to take a poll from people. Um, not even a poll, but just like an open-ended, like I need, your, I need your advice conversation. I've also really loved like uh, when even I've, I've been planning a vacation and I was like, has anyone been to this spot? Anyone have recommendations for it? I mean, they literally, there's that, they turn it into a recommendations feature and I've gotten great advice from it. So it, you know, and, and when you think about it, your friend group and your family group is a community, right? It's a community you belong to. Um, so I agree. I think they should continue to sort of position it that way. The interesting thing about groups, though, I feel like 10% of the population on Facebook know what groups are. You know, like my mom does not know what a, groups, a group is, and she is on that platform every 20 minutes, you know. And so I just wonder how much they're going to 
because it's such a differentiator, how much they're going to try to make it the basis of the platform. Yeah. They don't push it a lot now, do they? I mean, they, they've created they a tab happen. for yeah, it on, on the app, which is a huge thing, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think you, in, you, if you know about groups, you know about groups. If you don't know, you really don't know, but maybe that's going to change. You know, maybe it's, it's going to become a feature that is going to become more mainstream because, you know, your mom's bowling club is now has a group <laughs> and, you know, and that's how they communicate with each other. So one last question about the platforms that I'm actually really, really interested in and curious about is Instagram's testing a new feature where it hides likes on a on a on content um so from what i i gather they've now they're now testing it in all of canada it's still uh, it's still live uh, as 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 sort of a feature uh and i think they're moving towards also some other countries not the us yet but it certainly has sparked a lot of conversation within the influencer world. Um, it, you know, has something that has certainly implications in in the work that we do with brands because it's usually something we report on. Um, but I think we all have a personal connection to how we would feel about that. So, what do you guys think about it? It's an interesting choice. Um... I guess I understand where they're coming from, and correct me if I'm wrong. People have the the choice to turn it off. Is is that right? No, or it's just be a blanket no. Thing. I, okay. People will have the ability to see that number themselves, right? But they it won't be available to the public unless they you know share a screenshot of some kind. So, <laughs> so the 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 what they're saying is the the reason behind this is that. Uh, you know, they want to move away from the behavior that I think they've acknowledged they've created, which is this obsession with, you know, uh, validation, mm-hmm. um, right? I was like, I, I, I think we've all felt this, that, that, I don't know what chemical it is, but where it's like you post something and for the next 24 hours, you're kind of watching who liked it. And I think it's creating and has created a social behavior that that is maybe a little unhealthy. Um, now, I don't know that that's the only driving force. Like you would assume that there's going to be, you know, if that has the potential to reduce engagement because people are less focused on on that um or then then why would they do it right there's got to be it's got to be tied to revenue and usage and ad dollars in some way mm-hmm. um so so yeah that was that was part of the reason behind it i feel like if they're gonna do that there needs to be the trade-off would be nice if it was easier to share natively content that you really want people to see because i think there's the thing that uh you know you people chase likes but also people like posts sometimes when they don't have necessarily a comment that adds anything to the conversation but they say hey i appreciated this mm-hmm. and i feel like being able to share content within the app in a more uh just organic and simple way rather than having to go outside or to your story um would be a nice trade-off just to be like hey here's something beautiful or something inspirational or whatever it might be so meaning being able to share other people's content to right. your feed exactly got yeah it. that would be for me, maybe that's just because I get grumpy that I have to do that outside. But what do you feel about, you know, how do you feel about your own personal, how this would affect you personally? Like if, mm-hmm. if, 
I guess you would still be able to see how many people liked your photo. So it would still feed that mm. somewhat unhealthy behavior of, of being obsessed with, you know, who actually like really mm -hmm. likes this out of all your friends, right? It gives you a little like, you know, <laughs> it tallies which one of your, which one of your friends you like the most if they like your photos, so to speak, but it's not public. Like, do you, okay, I guess like, let me ask the question. If you have a photo that does really well that you've posted, that like, let's say gets, you know, 10% engagement or whatever it is, does that, does that affect you in any way? Like from a personal usage standpoint, yeah. maybe not. Um, I think going back to what you said about things being more private and communal, it would encourage people to just post things that their friends would like. And it doesn't really matter if you're trying to soapbox or peacock or whatever. Um, from a business standpoint, yeah, I think it's sort of a weird, where's this going to go? Because we have to report on these numbers and things and brands want to know how their engagement's doing and you can still and you see can it. you still see it, right? Yeah. So, so does it really... I don't does know it, if it actually makes a, that big of a difference because you can still see the analytics in the end. Just the person viewing the post can't see it. I think if they were to do it, they should just maybe completely, I don't know take away likes well I, I was just gonna say i think that that's the the that's the part that messes with me the most is if i know it's not a public thing then will i like as many photos right. you know because it almost feels like it's it's a way to to what you were saying before it's a way to create community around an action right so if i like this and a million other people liked it like it's kind of contributing to you know i belong to that number mm -hmm. you know i've i've contributed to that whole number like sometimes when beyonce posts something i i'll i literally go straight to the how many people have liked it because it's there's a there's a message there right it's it it it's it's creates a sense of community in a way and so if that's not something you know you can contribute to that's a public number, will you still be inclined to do it? I wonder if the algorithms will affect that at all too. Like, um, so right now you don't necessarily see every post in your feed of followers, right. right? So if it now likes aren't an issue, I still want to be able to see all the things that I'm following because I'm probably curating my followers. I'm probably curating the people I follow a little more carefully now. In my head anyway, I would be doing that because I just want to see exactly what they're posting whether i want to like it or not mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i think it would be visually interesting and just interesting to have that experience of like if you see a post you like it or don't like it i probably would just scroll past a lot of lot more things and not really engage if 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 you didn't see how many other people yeah. liked it yeah. but even if you still have the option of liking it I feel like I know that the official answer should be that if I post something and no one likes it, I don't really care. But the honest answer is if I post something that especially I think was cool and no one likes it, it, it might not be that I care, but sometimes I will wonder, why didn't people engage with this? Was it is it not as cool as I thought it was? And I think the same if I'm scrolling through, especially if I see something that I think initially is cool and it has very few likes relative to maybe this brand or this person's other posts, I might instantly think, oh, why, why didn't other people like this? So maybe mm. it is a good thing that I won't be second guessing other people's opinions on things. So just like that. And maybe it won't control the behavior as much as we think maybe. it is. In fact, maybe it'll be 
it'll have the opposite effect on engagement because if when you think about it, when you like something, it's a public statement, right? Like I don't often go to you know the tab like the, uh, the liked by others or whatever. Yeah. By uh, others. Yeah. Like I don't I don't track what who other people are following and other people are liking, but I'm sure some people do. Some people have you know boyfriends and girlfriends that they're tracking <laughs> that information on very closely, and so if liking something, speaking to what we were talking about earlier that Mark Zuckerberg said, like if the future of the web is more private, then would it encourage more people to like something knowing that the only person that's going to see that information is the person whose content is the one that you're liking? Maybe. Yeah. Right? And even even when you think about it, sometimes like a brand, like I'll second guess some things that I like because I know it's public where I'm like, oh, that's going to look weird that I'm liking this. Or, you know, it's, it's, I see it as art. Some people might not see it as art. Um, you know, just just questioning things, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's interesting because I think at first, as marketers, we kind of go, no, you know, that's that's why would we get rid of that? And and this feels like so connected to to what we do as on a regular basis. But to be honest, as we've chatted through it today, I'm kind of like, mm, maybe it's a good thing. Um, I think what it'll hopefully get rid of is this like, you know, is this thirstiness that people have going, Ooh, look at my photo. It got 5,000 likes, you know, is this like wanting that number to be public because of the status symbol that it, it maybe makes you feel like you have. Um, and to be honest, if that's the worst of it, go for it. In my opinion. I guess the the thing that it seems to affect the most and the reason where I'm having most of this, these conversations is in the influencer space. So brands, when they pay someone else, want to see the engagement that's happening. So um, same thing with, you know, television studios and movie studios and the actors. You know, they want to see if, if so-and-so actor posted the trailer, how many likes that got. Um, and so I wonder if they're also going to start to to give individual accounts the ability to share those analytics with maybe businesses that they interact with. Well, because if you take the engagement part away of like a sponsored influencer post, doesn't it just make it a commercial that's airing on a show at that point? Yeah, but I still think they're going to want to see the engagement. Oh, yeah, they're definitely going to want to see the engagement. But if you, if you take like the likes away, that's essentially what... You're, you're making it an unengageable post. Yeah. There's some discussion that uh, I was reading an article yesterday about how it's going to change influencer marketing and have it be more results oriented. So it's like, it's great that someone got 5,000 likes on a photo, but how much sales did it drive for my product? Um, and so, you know, and it be, especially with sort of fake likes and fake followers out there, it starts to really put influencers money where their mouth is and have that be more of a metric that people are tracking versus um, that's great that I got 5,000 likes, but what did it do for my business? Now I can see that working for like Glossier and for other e-commerce businesses that are, that are, that are very, you know, DTC focused and you can track sales very easily, but for Pepsi or Nissan doing a campaign, you're not going to track how many people went out and bought a car. Um, 
it's, there's no way to do that unless there's like a coupon code. <laughs> yeah. But even then, you know, you're not in the market for a car right now. You're market for a car maybe two years from now, and that that post might have influenced you. So it's going to be interesting to see how it affects that that industry in particular. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see. Um, Cool. Thank you, guys. I I, uh, I really appreciate the conversation. I, I it's it's all about perspective for me, and and you all have a a very unique one. And it was a cool way to get to know you in the process. Oh yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks to my guests Nathan, Terry, and Tiffany for the conversation about social media. I learned a lot. I got to process my own feelings about social media and certain things, and I hope you did too. 